Good morning, anglers and Alaska fish lovers everywhere. I'm Katrina Liebeck with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in Anchorage, Alaska. And I'm Guy Eero, an independent fish enthusiast. Whether you're an avid angler or just curious about fish, we'd like to welcome you to Fish of the Week. We are excited to talk about all the fish. It's Monday, January 4th, 2021, and our Fish of the Week is Northern Pike. Guy, what's the first word that comes to mind when you think about northern pike? Um, Toothy, just sleek. It's an awesome uh, predatory fish, you know. Just all these kind of aggressive words uh, for this sit-and-wait predator. Yeah, so a lot of fish um, that you may be familiar with, they have that kind of torpedo shape, like a tuna or salmon. That shape's really ideal for roving and cruising along or migrating long distances. But northern pike are built a bit differently, and that has to do with what they eat and how they hunt for their food. And those are very important considerations to think about if you're trying to catch them. They've got their fins loaded towards the back end, which gives them that really explosive power from a standstill when they whip their tail. And they're serious piscivores, meaning they eat other fish. This allows them to get quite large. So in Alaska, you know, we can see pike over 20 pounds in some Alaska river systems. They're really hard-hitting fish when they strike on bait. They really got a mouthful of impressive teeth that point backwards to hold onto their prey. They also, if you go in, if you're one of the people trying to catch them uh, for food, they are good to eat, you know, white flesh fish. But watch out, also inside the, the gills are uh, toothed as well. It's not really dentition, uh, but it definitely is kind of spikes that are used to help kind of spread things out. Because, you know, they, they'll knock out the gills and you'll see like after a pike or something eats uh, like a little silvery fish, like a little minnow or something, you'll see like just a cloud of scales come out the gills and stuff. And so this kind of helps with that. But definitely if you put your fingers up in there, if you're used to breaking out the gills to bleed the fish, uh, be aware that those can cut you as well. I've gotten my fingers cut inside the gills of pike before. Some people call them North Akutas because of their teeth. Others call them slew sharks since they're often found in slow moving waters. And I think the funniest one that I've heard so far is hammer handle. Oh yeah, especially referring to those uh, young ones, those small ones that uh, resemble the hammer handles. And one thing that's great about pike, I want to mention, there's another fish that's closely related that you can find in other parts of the U.S. and Canada, the muskie, which is known as being this really difficult fish to catch. The fish of 10,000 casts, so they say. Pike are not like that at all. Pike are super aggressive. I one time was fishing for pike, and I spooked one. I was wading around in this lake, and I spooked one. It started going off for me. I tossed a little inline spinner in front of it, and I started running. That thing stopped in its tracks. It knew I was there, but it came back, followed that lure, and smashed it. And they just, they'll smash anything shiny. They're not like these musky that you can drop a spoon on their nose, and they won't hit it. They <laughs> are so fun. Now, Katrina, I've gone fishing for northern pike and had a blast in the summertime when I've been able to, you know, wade around in the water and spot them and whatnot. But one thing that I've always wanted to do is pull a big pike out of a hole in the ice. Uh, do you have any recommendations on uh, where or how I could do that? Yeah, I mean, so I live in Anchorage, which is in south central Alaska, and there's actually quite a few areas to fish around here. I mean, closest one would probably be Eagle River. 
Um, Lower Fire Lake is a, a popular spot for ice fishing. Um, then you've got, you know, the valley, so Matsu Valley. Um, that's got a ton of different lakes where pike have become established. So, I mean, things you would definitely want to think about would be ice conditions. You know, always check those current conditions before you head out. You want to be safe on the ice. Something you're going to need, I mean, you got to get below the ice, right? So you're going to need your ice auger and the ice can get quite thick. Um, it's very beautiful out on a lake in the wintertime. You can have, you know, snow on top of the ice, but you're going to need to get down below. Um, so you're going to need that ice auger. And I recommend one that um, actually, you know, a gas ice auger that you can even put an extension on for different areas around the state if you need it. Make sure you're geared up for cold weather. In terms of fishing under the ice, I mean, you know, you always want to kind of imitate the prey and the behavior that the fish are going after. So with a pike, you know, they're going to be going after something like a whitefish or a juvenile salmon or a sucker. So they're going to then explode from the weeds or from behind a toppled tree or submerged log or something like that. So when you're fishing for them, you really want your bait to kind of imitate that and you want to target habitats where they're going to be located naturally. Um, so for pike, um, they really like hiding behind something. So you're going to want to have areas where there's weeds that would mean kind of shallow you know if you're getting too deep into a very deep lake you're not going to have a lot of weeds below a certain light level so that's an important consideration when you're fishing for pike we've talked a lot about their teeth and how sharp they are so one thing you always want to think about with pike is that they can actually cut your line with those teeth so um what kind of leader you use is really important whether it's a really really thick monofilament or a steel leader you're going to want to think about your bait choice um so Different options include uh, fresh herring as bait in waters where bait is legal. You can also try actively jigging with spoons or rubber-bodied jigs in shallow waters. From a personal standpoint, I, I prefer jigging to um, tip-ups. It's a little more active. Um, it's a little more fun. You can actually imitate the prey with your movement, you know, do some really kind of active jigging. And then if you enjoy fishing with a flasher, you can actually see when the fish start coming underneath. Um, and then you might want to slow down your jigging a little bit and try to entice them into taking a bite. But yeah, I mean, I prefer jigging. I don't know about you guy, but it's a little bit more active. Um, especially if it's cold out, it just kind of gives you something to do while you're fishing. So Oh, I, I certainly prefer it. And of course, the number one rule of fishing, no matter where you are, wherever you go, always check the regs that pertain to your uh, the water body you're fishing. So check what you can do. Uh, but I certainly prefer using artificials uh, to try to catch fish. Pike are also known uh, to feed on anything that they can get their hands on. Uh, one of the most interesting things that uh, is, is birds, especially young birds, young waterfowl that fall in the water. Pike are known to eat these, and they do make lures and flies that uh, imitate birds. And so if you really are kind of looking out for maybe a, a, a challenge, something to go out and try and do, try to catch a pike on a bird fly uh, dragging it across <laughs> the top of the water. And uh, those things can, you can get some great reactions, some great ex top water explosions. Uh, it can be really cool. Go look up YouTube videos That's if you awesome. want to see more of that. <laughs> also, before I forget, one time I was fishing for pike up in Alaska and I saw one dude who was bow fishing for him and I thought that was pretty cool. It was, it was in the where yeah. they were invasive. And he was sticking yeah, them. I mean, he was you sticking them. You can bow fish them. I think you can, I mean, you can spear them. You can do, I think in South Central, they really, you can kind of do whatever you want. So yeah, I think, I mean, you can have a lot of fun 
and if you're a fly fisherman in particular, like tying your own lures to kind of match the type of food that they eat. So yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to tie a, a duck lure or figure out how to do that. Um, once we hit summertime, I think we should do another, uh, another episode on pike and we should, we should do a summer pike fun. episode. I, I would love a summer pike And then we could talk episode. about the, the duck lures. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Hey everyone, one thing that we want you to always keep in mind, regardless of what it is that you're fishing for, is safety. Every week we're going to give you a tip or two that you can use to stay safe while you're out on the water. The first tip that we want to give you can be found at the top of any safety checklist for outdoor recreation, and that is to always let a trusted contact outside of your fishing party know where you are going and when you plan to return. Whenever possible, leave a written note as well just in case their memory fails them. Accidents happen, and in a worst case scenario, you're going to want a search party to have the best chance of finding you as possible. Be sure to always notify your point of contact if your plans change. For instance, if fishing is going poorly and you want to change locations, be sure to give them a call. Additionally, and hopefully, if the fishing is going well, then you can always call and let them know that you're going to return later than you initially expected. Finally, when you do come home from your trip, uh, be sure to let your contact know, and that will complete the whole process. So Katrina, let's say that I have a fresh pike, it's dead, it's long, it's slimy. Uh, how do I turn that into something that my family might want to eat? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people complain about the Y bones that a pike have, but you can actually get five really nice fillets off a pike. Um, I can't overstate the importance of making a habit of sharpening your fillet knife before you cut into a fish. It's gonna tremendously help you get a better fillet and more meat off a fish. So what you're going to do is you're actually going to set your pike down on its stomach and you're going to make a cut right behind its head with your fillet knife that's really sharp. And you're going to feel your knife hit the spine. You're going to turn your knife towards its tail. You're going to slide that knife down the back parallel to your cutting board until you hit the, the dorsal fin. Um, and that's your back fillet or the back strap. And when once you take that off, you're going to see a line of Y bones on either side of the spine. And now what you're going to do is you're going to take two fillets off either side on the outside of those bones. So to do that, you're going to lay the fish on its side. You're going to make two cuts perpendicular to its back, one at the head and one to the front of its anal fin. Then you're going to slide your knife down alongside the ribs from the front to the back. And for the final two fillets, you're going to make a similar perpendicular cut just behind the anus and slide your knife to its tail fin and repeat that on the other side. And when you finish all that, you should have five fillets and you can skin those fillets and now you're ready to prepare a meal. I like to just uh, throw a bunch of Creole seasoning on there and fry them up. What's great is they're a white meat fish and so that you can make them kind of taste whatever you, whatever you want them to taste like. You can boil them. So if you boil them, you can actually have a little dish of butter off to the side that's warm and you can dip them in butter kind of like you'd eat a lobster. You can bake them, you can pickle them. There's a lot of, a lot of different options. 
I want to tie this really quick back into their physiology because I think it's really cool uh, that the reason that they don't taste fishy is related to uh, their kind of their role in the ecosystem, their their behavior and their ecology. Of course, we've mentioned already that they're sit and wait predators, so they don't have a ton of need for all this these blood vessels to get a ton of oxygen to their muscle tissue because they're really kind of just sitting around a lot of time, and then they have a lot of anaerobic activity, just quick bursts of energy to go out and get their prey. And so because they don't need all this uh, blood going to their tissues, uh, they're not like salmon, not like tuna, where they have a lot of this red meat that, that's really well oxygenated. And that's really where you get the, the fishy taste from, is from uh, the blood. And so uh, you, you got this really nice white meat, and they, they have that because they are these ambush predators. I think it's really cool that you can tie in the culinary aspect to the ecological aspect. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's your fish of the week, the northern pike. Super exciting fish to fish for. We'd like you all to get out there, get fishing, and enjoy all the fish. Go get them! Thanks for listening to Fish of the Week. My name is Katrina Liebich, and my co-host is Guy Eero. This show is produced by David Hoffman of Citizen Racecar, assisted by Garrett Tiedemann and Kelsey Kors. Fish of the Week is a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. As the service reflects on 150 years of fisheries conservation, we honor, thank, and celebrate the whole community, individuals, tribes, the state of Alaska, our sister agencies, fish enthusiasts, scientists, and others who have elevated our understanding and love as people and professionals of all the fish. 